Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. We are three super fans and each week we watch an episode and discuss it. Today we are discussing series six, episode seven. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with child injury, disability, and the effects of thalidomide and some racism. So if those topics are ones you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. And I don't mean some racism, I mean racism in general. Okay. In this week's episode, we meet the Antoine family. Carrie and her husband are a mixed race couple with three boys. Carrie is due for her fourth baby, and when Phyllis is helping her deliver, they run out of gas and air. Sister Winifred comes with reinforcements, but is too late due to her coming on foot. Phyllis, frustrated at Sister Winifred's procrastination on learning how to drive, puts her behind the wheel on their way home, but then swaps with her again after being even more frustrated by her bad driving. As Phyllis is adjusting her mirrors, she accidentally hits Lenny Antoine, the oldest of the Antoine children. He is seriously injured, and an investigation ensues. Phyllis isn't charged, as it comes out that the boys were fleeing from other children and calling them names because of their race, and Antoine and Phyllis are able to reconcile and use the experience in a positive way. The Mullocks are back in clinic after Rhoda comes in to see Dr. Turner for help with Susan. Susan has just been denied the chance to apply for preschool, and Rhoda is upset. Dr. Turner helps and also recommends a special program where Susan can begin her journey with physical therapy and prosthetics. Bernie is unconvinced and resistant to the plan, but Rhoda, with strength and compassion, overcomes his objections. Susan gets the care she needs, and the Mullocks join at the Thalidomide Parents Support Group. Last, Trixie and Christopher navigate the complexities of learning serious history from each of their past lives, and Delia learns Patsy's father has passed away and continues to wait for word from her. Can I just really quickly, because Patsy and Delia is a very, um, that kind of comes into it at the end, but those two are the mm-hmm. worst keeping in touch with each other. <laughs> they are terrible. 
both of them have done the same thing to each other now. Patsy did it when Delia had to go back to Wales <laughs> after her accident. Now, now Patsy's doing it to Delia. Did I say I that? Right? Yeah, um, yeah, Patsy's doing it to Delia. They're just, they're just the worst. And I get that she's in Singapore, but she could have. When something happens, the first thing I want to do is talk to someone or text someone or email somebody that I know just to like get it off my chest. You would think that she would have just rung Delia and kind of said, "He's died. I'm on my on way home." She might still be on a boat. Yeah, but she had she could have she could have had five minutes for a phone call. How'd you phone off a boat? No, but she had well, to get on the boat. Is she even on the boat yet? She's not back up. She's not back on the boat on she's her way home. She's not back yet. yet. But between him dying and her leaving, she had to book a ticket, she could have rung Delia. Yeah, but did she might have rung and no one was in? No, but Alex, stop making excuses for her. <laughs> but the thing but the, the thing is, they've been separated now for months. I mean, Patsy's had plenty of time to write a letter. But I don't I mean, have they gotten any from each other? I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen very much. And it's like, Patsy, my babes, like write a couple of letters. Like you gotta do something. Maybe Patsy's like no right. if we thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> she's a nurse, but she she's illiterate. Oh no. How did that happen? I mean, the thing is, at least well, she didn't even know she was going out with her. Well, she had head injury. That's why she didn't write her because she didn't know. <laughs> they she didn't even together. know they were going out. Yeah, exactly. You can't write a letter to a person you realize that you know. But Patsy completely does. But she needs to write Delia and say something. It's too much. Just a postcard to be like, I'm on my way home. Yeah. Or like, talk to you when I get there. Maybe my dad died. So, Sorry. So excited about coming home that she just managed to like just go to the place, hop on a boat, and then thought, oh, I should have sent a postcard. But I was just so excited. I managed to do it within the hour. <laughs> Girls, how many, how long do you think it would take Patsy to get back to Poplar from Hong Kong? I don't Weeks? know. This is, this I is don't... like the Boat War thing. We just look like absolute thickos. <laughs> I guess. In my mind. Wow. In my mind, I'm like, it could be a month or it could be like four days or it could be less. I don't know. See, I like, always think six weeks. In my head, I'm always like six weeks. <laughs> Didn't the well, Titanic I... get to, wasn't the Titanic going to get to New York in about five days, four or five days? Yes, that's right. Yes, it was. And that was billed as the newest, fastest ship because it. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'm basing this off James Cameron's film Titanic. No, I mean it's, a, it's so <laughs> well. It didn't sink of its own. It sunk because of something outside of its control. No, no, which it is did, unfortunate. It wasn't like the Concorde because Concorde was faster than planes now, but we don't use Concorde still. That's my point. Yeah, but I feel like Concords are like really like not like they're not accessible. You know what I mean? Like we would use them, people could use them, but like they're not. My grandparents. But my thing, your plane had flown on the Concorde. Yeah. Oh my God! Wow. Fancy. Yeah, they did. Where anyway. did, Where were they going? Where were they going from and to? I've no idea. I think America. I know America. So if it was either LA, they used to go to LA for work <laughs> for my granddad's work. Oh, okay. And it took like five hours instead of like eight hours or something like that. I don't know. I, I, I was tiny. Yeah. See, here's my thing though. Like, okay, Titanic could go from Southampton to New York City in like five days, which I get, but that's just like a straight shot over water. Yeah. I was going to say this Singapore, you got to go down and round. Yeah. Like, how are you, like, what's the route? You know what I mean? That's what I, w- that's what I would wonder. It's like, how I do you think, get. I think you would have to go through the Suez Canal. But wait, did she? So and wait, I when did a big boat turn? <laughs> awkwardly and mean that no one could get through <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what happened wow call back to the that boat with the post on i mean the boat with the post as well <laughs> yeah but wait didn't but sheila and dr turner took a plane from london to south africa for the christmas episode where they went there a couple of years ago right yeah so and she also she could have written by airmail yes exactly which would have definitely taken less time i think patsy could have taken a plane 
this is my thinking is that she could have she could have flown well she's which got I would definitely have done. Well, she? yeah exactly like she's yeah, really exactly. kind of rich when she gets back i yeah. think we should i think we should talk about the antoine <laughs> <laughs> otherwise this podcast is going to be five hours long honestly guys well, we've was... just been talking for about an hour before random we're supposed to be getting on with it and i'm just like come on girls can we talk come on <laughs> We can't help ourselves. We have to like muddle over the mundane for like at least 10 minutes. Okay, start us off on the Antoine specs. Where do we want to go with them? Well, I loved Mr. Antoine because oh, he, he was very sweet. He really didn't want to leave because when we meet Carrie Antoine at the start, like she's pretty much good to go, isn't she? There's not a lot of build up to it. Mm-mm. Her three boys go to Cubs. So mm-hmm. Phyllis already knows the three boys. That's Wesley, Jerome and Lenny. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Antoine wants to stay with her. And I was just like, oh, he's like the opposite of all the popular dads. Yeah. 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 I wasn't sure. I will say, like, I don't know if I should have gotten this from something else prior. But like when I think it was Phyllis came to talk to her, Carrie, at the like preliminary visit, Phyllis said something about, you know, she was like, oh, well, I really want to have this baby during like 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Like on a weekday or whatever. And Phyllis asked her, she was like, well, you know, like, don't you want to go to the hospital you like there you can have peace and quiet and everything and she said no I don't you know like I don't want all the hushed whispers and stares and everything and I'm thinking to myself like is that like I mean in my mind I didn't I didn't I didn't realize that I didn't put together that she and her husband were a mixed race couple or that any you know that there would be a reason for like them to get where whispers and stares outside of anything normal I thought she was just referring to nurses being like oh she's looking pretty big like is she okay does she have high blood pressure <laughs> like that's what I thought they'd be talking about and I just thought well maybe she's anxious or I don't know what or whatever well, the writers obviously and, wanted us to know because then they cut to the scene where Valerie yeah. was talking and she was like you know she went to school with my mum or sister or something and saying yeah. how her or her sister went to school with me and everyone was all talking about the fact that she'd married a black man and Delia got all really offended no one can really choose who they fall in love with can they Valerie right. just like you know really racist but yeah, that's obviously yeah. what the sentiment was around then is that's what they're trying yeah. to share so is this the first I just my memory is bad is this the first interracial couple that we've seen that is like a married with kids interracial couple a functioning happy yeah okay Okay, because I know we've had interracial relationships in the past, but I thought this was so sweet and wholesome, oh. and I loved it. And their boys were so sweet and beautiful and, like, nice. And then how they were... I loved how when Mrs. Antoine gave birth, and, and the dad was like, do you think it's a boy for us, or do you think it's a girl for your mom? And the little son was like, I don't care as long as I can play my bugle. <laughs> <laughs> also, I can I just was... say, number one, I was loving Nurse Crane wanting to swap. That reminded me of something Becky would do. Becky's got no chill <laughs> when it comes to anything she actually... She's literally got no game face. She's just like... I want to do that. Can I swap? <laughs> and also, when he did walk in with his bugle after she just had the baby, he's like, hooray, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, what made me laugh about Phyllis asking to swap was that they get the call that some mom has had is like going into labor. And then they get the other call that Mrs. Antoine's going into labor. And Phyllis was going to go to the first lady first. And then Val was like, oh, I okay, I'm going to go to Miss Antoine. And she's like, oh, she's like, you really made a co- con- you know, quite a connection with the Antoine. She's like, do you mind if I go instead? And I just was like, okay. Like, she's like, I know you've really been looking forward to give, helping this lady give birth, but like, I'm going to just take it away from you. And I was like, oh, Phyllis, you're so funny. Oh, I like that. Phyllis was really playful with that, though. I was like, I really oh, just love it. And then obviously it went from yeah. really lovely to really awful, didn't it? Yeah. 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 Also, can we just yeah. talk about the name of the baby? Oh, what's the name of the baby again? I forget. Delamere. Delamere. Oh, that's Oh, little it's... baby Delamere. He was so sweet. Mr. So he was born, but for just let's just talk really quick. So the baby Delamere was born. He was gorgeous. He was nine pounds six. And yeah. Mr. Del- Mr. Delamere, Mr. Antoine was saying that yeah. he 
were offering them a drink and he was like she was like oh no they don't want your rum and he's like oh it's not rum i've got them sherry so miss uh, nurse crane i was miss why was saying miss crane she says tea will suffice a cup that cheers but does not inebriate uh, and mm-hmm. he was like I'll, I'll put one on the side anyway so with that i just wanted to say that because obviously yeah. it's important for the next scene and i yeah. this annoyed me because she said no she doesn't want it just accept that no she doesn't want it don't make her repeat and i know he was excited about the baby but I've, i'm just annoyed today with people just not taking the first answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 also didn't i feel like phyllis gave sister okay so the other thing that happened was that partway through the birth they ran out of gas and air and the mom carrie was really in pain and so phyllis called nanata's house and she said you need to bring more gas and air and have somebody else come and help me because we need you know we need the reinforcements and so because sister winifred is like still learning how to drive she didn't really know and i don't and I, the thing is even if she knew how to drive i don't know what car phyllis thought she was going to take to get there exactly. faster yeah. but, what car to take that's what like i felt yeah i was like phyllis I, like i don't I don't think anything could have changed the quickness of her ability to get there like this is really isn't fair on her anyways but i think she was just kind of burnt out from the birth at that point even though she was trying to be like really excited and stuff well it's also for that this whole storyline coming up wasn't it well exactly yeah it's kind of like building to a crescendo but like so then winifred gets there and phyllis says like oh you're too late but you know she kind of joins in anyway or whatever and then when mr antoine offers the sherry sister winifred doesn't accept it but she's like oh ha 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 or whatever and phyllis gives her like the like this like the most intense look like don't you dare and i just thought oh she's not gonna drink anything like come on but i think she was already annoyed Sister Winifred, drive home because she's like, you need the practice because you could have yeah, arrived in two s- minutes in the imaginary car that I've created in my head. Yeah, and Sister exactly. Winifred is is basically avoiding Nurse Crane because Nurse Crane is putting her under pressure. For a good yeah. reason, because all she did was bark at her the whole time. <laughs> That's hardly relaxing, yeah, no. helping her concentrate. And I have yeah. sympathy for this because my brother is an advanced driver. And whenever <laughs> we drive anywhere, he critiques my driving. And then it just flummoxes me and puts me on edge and it just makes me worse he's like you've just come out of second gear and gone back into second gear and it's just it like just, look babe if you want a lift be grateful and shut up if you don't want a lift it, you can walk it yeah just exactly so I've got the greatest sympathy for Sister... Well, I do have sympathy for Sister Winifred because I can see that Nurse Crane is putting her under pressure. But also, Sister Winifred just told Nurse Crane that she was going to learn to drive in her car. So exactly. if you wanted to do it, buckle down and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, and it is it was a liberty, let's be honest. So anyway, so Sister Winifred was driving and it gets all a bit much and she basically stalls in the middle of a road. Loads of people are beeping and it's all a bit much. So, so Nurse Crane gets back behind the wheels, says, you know, move it, you mess this up ciao out the front so yeah. she gets her into the passenger seat she goes and just as she's saying above all else a driver needs a cool head and common sense and you have neither <laughs> literally <laughs> and she there. Went, oh and and by the way like the way that they showed that accident was terrible i know yeah. so in context really lenny like the eldest boy the eldest boy, the eldest of the Antoines, Lenny, ran yeah. out, basically just ran out straight in front of him and he got absolutely slammed. It was, it, I was so shocked when it happened. Oh, I know, I know. My mom actually was watching the episode with me as always. And and as soon as they were leaving the Antoine's house, she turned to me and she's like, I, I, she's like, I have to cover my eyes. She's like, I think I know something bad is going to happen. She's like, I don't remember what, but she's like, I have to cover my eyes. I have to cover my eyes. She's like, you have to tell me when it happened. And then she covered her eyes until after. And I was like, oh, mother, it was just as bad as you thought. It was terrible. Okay. For once, my six-year-old didn't walk in. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. So anyway, poor Nurse Crane, she was absolutely devastated. Sister Winifred, to be fair to her, did leap straight into action. She was really good. Yeah. Did you see the look Phyllis had on her face? I know. Oh, she looks so shell-shocked. Oh, I felt so bad. I know. Oh. So anyway, so 
cut fast, fast forward a, few, a little a few scenes and they go to the police station so nurse crane because obviously the severity of the incident with lenny because he was he basically was barely conscious um, yeah he had to go straight to hospital so they took him to hospital but then nurse crane had to go to the police station with the police to you know obviously give a statement about everything and also yeah so she gets there she sat down and Mr. Antoine comes in and he's, uh-huh. he's heard there's been an accident, but they don't know what hospital has taken his child to. And Nurse Crane's there and she turns around and she's like, I'm so, he turns around and she's like, I'm so sorry. He made that conclusion that she knocked his child over very quickly, like he was right, but it was just like, yeah. not even checking, like, it was you. And then, <laughs> and then he said that she straight away was like, you had the rum, you, the sherry, you had some sherry. And she was like, I did not imbibe. I just thought, what amazing use of imbibe, even when you're feeling shell shocked. I know, I know. Yeah, and Peter's back. I know Peter. Yeah, just another. You keep saying when is going to be Peter's last appearance? Well, we'll keep saying it's series thirteen, probably. I know, Um, I know. But then they went to a scene. So obviously, uh, Lenny's really poorly still, and. Mrs. Antoine's had the brand new baby Delamere at home and they're saying, Oh yeah, you you know, it was a bad birth. You need to you need to keep your strength up. You can't go and see him, which is no chance I'd be going there straight away. But yeah. she was like, I had I couldn't see myself with four boys and now I've got four boys and I can't I couldn't see myself with four boys, so I don't know if I will be have four boys, it'll only just be the three and oh my goodness, I just cried. I know I'm really hormonal oh. and I've had a migraine yesterday, but I just cried and cried and cried. Well I cried I cried I mean everybody knows I cried in every episode, but oh man, it was so sad. It was so, so sad. anyway, I let's mean, fast forward to a bit of good news on this story. So they they were doing a police investigation which involved Peter thinking he knew everything when he didn't no, like classic Peter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, this what is Peter jump into conclusions. Like, you know Nurse Crane. Yeah, I, I know. know. I know. He should know better. Well, and just to say, and like, I don't mean this in any way to minimize Lenny's injuries or like what happened to him, but he had a concussion and a broken leg. So, look, I mean, look, that's very serious. Like, again, I, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, I've, I thought it was going to be much worse, honestly. Yes, I, I You know, not to sound insensitive, but I was like, those are things you can, like, very much recover from. So, well, exactly. But even Sister Julianne, I felt was a bit judgy with, with Nurse Crane. I didn't feel from every... I just didn't feel everybody treated Nurse Crane as she was guilty. Well, did you hear she said to Sister Winifred, though? Because Sister Winifred was crying when she was back in the Nada's house with the other ladies, like with Sister Julian and Sister Monica Joan. And she's like, I just feel so bad. I, you know, I feel like, you know, this is all my fault or whatever. And Sister Julian was like, you are you weren't behind the wheel. It's not your fault. It's like, oh, well, I guess we know who you think is at fault here. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, geez. Well, I don't know. Barbara was amazing. Barbara was amazing. Oh, Barbara oh, was Barbara. wonderful. Yeah. Barbara was wonderful. Yeah. Like, when she went in and said, is there anything I can do to make you feel better tonight and phyllis yeah. was like i don't really think so but like thanks and it was just you know, when was phyllis so that sweet. scene of phyllis being like i don't i don't really feel i can say much today that was me yesterday i was just like that all day <laughs> <laughs> i just don't think i want to get up yeah, some days you just can't <sighs> anyway sorry i've just first context i didn't have a migraine so anyway so i just thought that sounded really weird like i was just a weird <laughs> person i just never got up um, you had a migraine yesterday that's why you didn't want to talk to yes, anybody yes. yeah okay so anyway yeah. So then Peter, to be fair to him, did do some recce work by going to the Antoine's, talking to the other kids. Yeah. Well, wait, he he talked to the other kids after he talked to Sister Winifred. And she was like, look, she's like, look, like, I I get it. But she's like, Lenny ran out in front of the car. Like, it's not his fault. But like, he was running from something and he ran in the road really suddenly. It's not like, you know, you have to figure out what's going on there. And And she tells Peter that she thinks that the the other boys were there which they were because their mum had t- we didn't mention this earlier but their mum had told them to stay in the play street they weren't to go out onto the yeah 
because the place and right after, no cars went yeah and right after the accident when everyone's kind of like oh my gosh what happened you see the little boys peek out in between like some adults and then they look and they're like oh no and then they run away so we knew that they were there as an audience as well so then so, peter interview not interviews them you know was there and asked the question he's like you know you yeah. can be honest and they are so cute so they are, they are wesley and jerome aren't they and they go he just didn't run out and didn't look they were just so cute <laughs> Also, everybody criticised Nurse Crane's driving because she's self-taught. I have an interesting fact because my great-grandmother was the first woman in England to be given a driving licence. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Is that true? So say it's true. (laughs) Well. (laughs) I meant that rhetorically. but where everyone in the family says it's true. So I I speak it like it's fact. How did did that happen? And what uh, year did she get her driver's license? I don't know because I have tried to Google it. So my Bex, grandma. I've told people gave... this fact as well. I know. No, my from, grandma, from your family, a, not mine. There's a motoring <laughs> museum at Bewley, and my grandma donated the driving license to the motoring museum. So oh, we've never seen it. I I would love to know what year she got her driver's license because it made it because when Phyllis was being interviewed by Peter, it made it sound like that the mid 1930s were the first time that driver's licenses were even issued, which makes sense, you know, considering an automobile invention and all that kind of stuff like that. But and do I you think, think it was earlier than people, that? I don't know. And a lot of I mean, I'd like to find out too. Really, a lot of people i think would have driven at that time but wouldn't because i tried to google i I just tried to i mean it was very basic i googled first woman driving license (laughs) england but i think a lot of people would have had driving would have driven around that time but not had a formal driving license so if you remember phyllis said that she'd been driving for two years and then when it came in she got one just she likes to keep things tidy yeah Yeah, exactly exactly so anyway maybe i'll write to the museum and try and find out do it. Honestly, just, I would it? like to know. That's that's what you should fo- like follow up on that, and then our, and then we can talk about our listener special because I genuinely would like to know. Yeah. Um, wait, but can I just say, please do. But can I just say though, like I think it's important to note, like when Peter was interviewing the Antoine boys, they said that the reason they left the play street in the first place was because there were there were other kids there who were making fun of them about their race and about their parents and their family and everything, and so they they left, and then they were in the the real street and mrs antoine carey was like well why did you you know or or no no no, not her the dad he said well why did you do that you know you know you're not supposed to go in there i you know i just told you that when people say that to you you just you know you just leave you just walk away and then carrie said well that they they Mm -hmm. were doing that like that's what they were doing they were following your direction and going and so like they were doing the right thing and even though it resulted in you know this genuine accident not any ill intention but um, oh, but I, I just thought, oh my god! Antoine like... straight away was like, "I don't want this crane charged." Yeah, was like, well, we can't charge you with anything because she's yeah, not. She's done nothing wrong, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody very quickly changed their tune, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, I love being. I was like, like, you could have had a bit of sympathy at the start, having known this woman. But <laughs> she wouldn't like literally like hit a child bench. in the throat. How lovely was the Tom uh, Philistine on the bench? And she was like... It was really sweet. Where, but, but they were saying, like, you know, we, we both try and care for people and make sure make them better kind of thing. And then, but he's like, oh, I pray to God or whatever, whatever stuff like this. She was all, like, I'm a rational woman and I have no one to question but myself. I just really <laughs> liked that. Yeah, I, I thought that was cute that, like, Tom had a, you know, like, took time to talk to her and everything because, you know... That, that was just a nice moment. I also like how Phyllis was saying how um, Barbara told her it'd be so nice to sit outside, but she's like, it's really not that comfortable out there. I'm like very cold. <laughs> you know, whoever wrote this episode, 
it was just lols this week. There was so many times when I was like, this is hilarious. Barbara doing Trixie's hair for a date with Christopher. And she's like, don't go near any naked flames. <laughs> also, the fact that Sister Monica Joan refers to Christopher as the puller of teeth. Yeah. <laughs> there was what another bit I- that I really loved where Trixie came back early from the date. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there was a scene where Barbara and Val looked at each other at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, yeah. And- it just made me laugh, but then I had another thought, like, if that was any of us and one of us had come back and the other two were waiting at the top of the stairs, there was not a catch chance in hell we would have waited at the bottom of the stairs. We'd have been <laughs> right up behind. What happened? How was it? What happened? <laughs> also, did you see Fred's terrible abandoned parking when he actually dropped the car back off to her? Good as new yeah. from the police and literally, like, just dropped it off. And then she... Oh, right, so let's talk about that. So oh, she yeah. didn't want to go driving again because she was just really put off from the whole thing yeah 100% uh, oh, and Sister look- Monica yeah. she was amazing she was like she was this is this is not a midwife speaking that's not going to be very good like you know if, when someone because the phone was ringing and she just didn't want to answer it because she's lost all yeah so she says she says when she answers the phone and she says Nanata's house this is not a midwife speaking will not be reassuring to an expectant mother Mm-hmm. No, no. Well, and I just love how I, because I, I literally, you know, like paused the episode and was talking with my mom, and I was like, the way that Sister Monica Joan comes out of the door with Nurse Crane and says, I surmise that this family's home is quite far away, and I will need to give you the directions and everything like yeah. that. And it was just so sweet because she could, like, the issue was not that Phyllis did not know how to get there. The issue was that Phyllis had all this other stuff, yeah, you know, like brewing yeah. around it. Well, Sister Which Monica is, Joan is, knew that as well. Like, well, I just think, yeah. She, this one yeah, is amazing at supporting people. She, see, that's, we've criticized, that's... Yeah, we've criticised Sister Monica Jane a lot, but when she needs to, like, she steps up and she knows the right things to do and say. No, I'm, I'm, I, I have to be the first one to say it because honestly, her emotional intelligence with that and with many things in the in the last few seasons has been off the charts. Like her sensitivity, and she didn't say to Phyllis, you know, oh, I know you're having this whole big emotional problem or whatever. Like I'm going to take you over to this place. She, she, she gave her a way to have companionship and support and compassion without without making a big deal about it. And I just really appreciated that. And I think we all noted it. It was. Then very she went sweet. to a birth, and the mom was a single mom, wasn't she? She was saying that the, the dad had bugged off and it'd been yeah. like what seven years eight years since she'd had a last baby 10 and years 10 years was it 10 years oh, God, 10 years yeah so she was really nervous she said when was the last time you ate all this but sister, you could tell at first nurse crane was very 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 reticent to be there she was very nervous she, she kind of wasn't finding her feet and then she kind of as soon as she started speaking to her she you could see her just go straight back into it she's got such a lovely bedside manner with them she was so kind i was just mm-hmm. like oh she's back Thank God. Well done, SMJ. Well done. Yeah. And then are we gonna are we gonna mention the thing that happened during that birth? Oh, you can. <laughs> what happened? I don't wanna... <laughs> when the baby was coming out, Phyllis got squirted in the face with whatever that goo was from the mom. Oh my god, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, it was absolutely bang. Honestly, I was like, it, it was really horrible. And then Phyllis started laughing and I was like, oh my god, I literally would have instantly thrown up on that baby. <laughs> I'd have bleached my whole face off. <laughs> It was really weird and gross. I was like, I know they meant it to be funny, but it was actually, it just was like horrible. I'm like, I don't want to get anyone. I do not want to get anyone's bodily fluids on me, anyone's from any orifice, but from the vagina. No, thank you. (laughs) It was just so weird. Like sometimes on the show, they have births where like, there's just so much coming out, like along with the baby. And I just am like, what is that? And like, why? And why do we have to see that? Oh, it was really weird. Because Heidi Thomas... Yeah, she's a yeah. real stickler. You know, not being met her so, or anything, Bex. No, that's why I said her name. Like, 
is a name I just don't <laughs> Who is it? Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? I don't read. <laughs> no, she is such a stickler that that, she, that must be based on experience. Well, not oh, yeah, her I'm experience, sure but it must be somebody's experience somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure it's a real... Basically, that's what um... you're trying to say is Heidi Thomas squirted someone in the face when she came to <laughs> And she was like, I'm writing it into the show. Here we go. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> but anyways, the point is, is that Phyllis did have a really positive experience. And then that kind of helped reinvigorate her. Well, I think it just <laughs> reminded her of, you know, how good she is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So should we So we have to finish the, um, the Antoine family story on the really high note that they left it on the episode, oh. which is... Show you guys and tell. Say? Show and tell. <laughs> yeah. They brought baby the pre- treasure from home. And they brought baby, baby Delamere. The cubs. Yeah. yeah, and then Lenny wrote this really beautiful letter about how, like, you know, we look the way we look, but, you know, we're just kind of like, I can't remember now what he said, but basically it's we're like, a mix, you of two, make... mix of our parents and two, the people who will love us, and, like, you're the mixed person who you are. Your dad might be ginger, your dad might be blonde. I thought, all right, mate, we get it. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you're explaining, like, everydimentary genetics, but okay, yeah. like, go on. But off. then the cutest was yeah. like, oh, if you're lucky, uh, baby Delamere might squeeze your finger. I thought, oh. <laughs> And then all the little boys went up and like touched the baby and you know just like gave him a like little squeeze and everything and it was it was oh. I just was so nice to kind of like really forge those bonds and I really hope those other Cub Scouts like stand up for the Antoine boys when they're out so that they don't experience that stuff anymore around Poplar because they shouldn't yeah and but it was just a very also like the fact that Carrie and her husband like did end up having like you know like they reconnected with Phyllis and I just thought that was great because Phyllis was you could t- I mean she was so upset she was so upset about the accident and she was really suffering and like torturing herself about it and her hair looked crazy and you could tell she wasn't setting it at night yeah i liked that detail because i was like oh she looks like absolutely i know like me right now Uh, but yeah no it's true i thought that exact same thing i thought they've gone to they've done proper detail here yeah exactly like she wasn't even wearing her belt for a couple of the scenes like she put on a uniform but she didn't get fully dressed and you could tell she was just kind of like in and out like frizzle frazzle because of her you know because of what she was going through and everything so yeah but then, supportive Barbara was of her I know I so. know and Barbara's such a good friend she's such a good woman in general I loved how useless Tom was at supporting her as well <laughs> 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 I know. So I was just like, well, I don't know. Do you feel any better after talking? And people are usually like, no, I don't. But anyways, you're here. So we've done it. And that's what really matters. Even though you don't believe, I'll pray for you. <laughs> well, and, and I love how Tom's advice was like, yeah, he does have a broken leg. And honestly, like little boys love broken legs. They have so much fun when their legs are broken. Like, so this is probably going to work out for the best. And it was just like, well, yeah, when he said about crutches, like he was like, little boys, you know, they'll be loving that. And to be fair, they will. There was a kid in my daughter's class who broke his arm. He was a celebrity. Like, <laughs> actually speaking yeah. of celebrities you know the baby Delamere when they brought him in I was thinking yeah. I first watched that a few years back I was a bit like oh cubs won't care about babies but actually one of my friends has just had a baby and so my daughter's six and her son's nearly seven and they've just mm-hmm. had a baby and this baby's like a celebrity when it comes into the playground all the kids in the class are all coming around it so they do, really? they do like babies yeah oh yeah well it's something someone like littler than them like you know even more you know kind of unique in their in their smallness or yeah. something like that Anyways, really quick go, before we go on to our next storyline, I just want to really quickly talk about Sheila because one okay. of the scenes was Sheila getting measured by Barbara and Barbara being like, you know, you need to relax and enjoy the last few weeks of pregnancy. Pardon, what? Enjoy. <laughs> uh, but she was like, if this was a school report, I'd say you could do better. I was a bit like, <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> well, I love I loved when she gave her the breathing to Serenity pamphlet, and she's like, "Has anyone given you this pamphlet?" And I was like, "Is this a joke? Did Sheila write the pamphlet?" And she's like, and, "But then that's not where they were going with it all." She's like, "Yeah, someone did give it to me, but I haven't read it." And she's like, "You need read it, babes. You need to read it." And I was just and I just thought to myself, like, "Okay, breathe to the Serenity," but like, I don't know that breathing to Serenity is really going to actually get you there. But well, I'm sure, fair. try. That's exactly what Sheila would have done to somebody else. She would have given her the pamphlet and said, "Oh yeah. yeah, she would have. She would have." And it and, and yeah, and like it, look, if it helps, it helps. That's great. But I just always wonder, like, how effectual. One of our one of our friends uh, was so into hypnobirthing. We'll tell you after thing, but she was mega into it, like literally, like tantric woo, levels of it, like <laughs> constantly going on about it. Did it help? Anyway. Did it help her when she gave birth? Yeah, twice. Oh, she used okay. it both times. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, he's trying to think who it works. is without asking who it is now. <laughs> <laughs> whatever works, whatever works, you know. Now, which storyline are we going on to next? Are we going to do Trixie and Christopher or the Mullockses? Should we leave the Mullocks for last? Oh, so I can like vent my rage the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, let's let's because Trixie is a quickie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's what he wants. Wee. Uh, <laughs> that's just something about Trixie. She's in the wrong profession. She should have been like a color expert or something ridiculous, like. She's absolutely amazing when she talks about colours. Yeah, yeah. Ice blue, Wedgwood blue, like yeah. something Lame or Lurex or whatever it is like that. Yeah. This yeah. was another, so Christopher keeps standing her up and rearranging dates. And I loved mm-hmm. it. Do you know, I think he's a bit of a psycho though, like best Christopher. He started it with Darling. I think she's overreacting a bit. Yeah, she is overreacting a bit because how else would you sign that off? Like you couldn't say love Christopher because it's a bit early days for that. Exactly. Now, the other thing that really annoyed me about Trick City today was how stalkerish she was smelling the scarf. Yeah, it was a bit. Like to pick it up, even's rude. But then to like out of his car, but then to like well, smell it. Did she? Where did she? Because I, I just didn't understand. Where's in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details car at like did she go to his car and like then just start like rummaging around in there or did he did he was yeah. like parked it it was out oh, there oh, yeah. his practice oh that is weird uh, that is weird yeah yeah i you thought, can't do that i thought he'd she'd literally just stumbled upon his car oh well see the thing that made me laugh about the whole about the whole christopher thing was that i literally was watching it and i was like oh my god like the medium has changed but the conversation has stayed the same because literally you and your girlfriend's trying to dissect the meaning of every word of like a crush or like a guy you're dating's text message 
message or like apparently note that he leaves at your like workplace door is perennial. You know what I mean? When she when she was going like, oh, well, he said he said best. Like, what does that mean? Best wishes? Like better best of luck, like finding a new guy to date, like, you know, best, you know, be on your way because I'm totally done with you or whatever. And then when Val was like, yeah, okay, I do get that. That isn't really very good. But she's like, but only like he said, darling, and only men who really like you say darling. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, like truly like, it, you know, it, it's just exactly like when we, you know, sit there and it's like, well, he put the smiley face emoji and a heart emoji, but then he also put like a broccoli emoji. Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's like, you'll never know. <laughs> And it's just always going to be... Just to say, once so you've been married eight years, you'd be lucky to get a kiss. <laughs> you'd be lucky to get a broccoli emoji. I, and I don't even know what a broccoli emoji means <laughs> other than broccoli. <laughs> but I, thought I, you say, to a, I thought you alluded to an aubergine. I thought, hang on, I'll it. <laughs> no, no, I literally just mean like like random or whatever. And So um, back to Christopher anyway. Dockrell and mm-hmm. Trixie. So Trixie, anyway, yeah. so she, she's all suspicious and anyway, agrees to be up with it. And... Yeah. She finds out. So this is really annoying, though, because she basically said, she didn't say to him, but then he was like, do you think I'm seeing someone else? And then she was like, yes, well, actually, yes, I did. And he was like, well, I am. She's as blonde as you. She's as sweet as you. And I adore her. And, and she's, she's my daughter. She's no, he's No, he said six years old before he said daughter. And I was like, oh, my God, is this like some... I, I knew he wasn't a crazy pedophile, but I was like, Chris, <laughs> like, you are not, you are not saying this in the right order. Like, you really missed the boat on that one. Also, why uh, would a six-year-old have a, a like, a yeah, perfume-covered scarf? Yeah. Unless it's a mum's. Well, isn't isn't this little girl, like, so posh in the end? Isn't that, like, what we kind of figured out? Yeah, but she's six, so she wouldn't need a perfume-covered Yeah, you still wouldn't scarf. have a silk scarf, would you? But this is, once we get onto the Christmas special, I will talk about when Trixie tells somebody some news in a really weird way, and this is a taste of her own medicine. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just, I just have to say, I like really loved when Val, because like Trixie was like came back from the date and she was really she was upset. upset. She was really upset, and you know, and in a way, I, I do get that. But then, you know, she was like, "Oh, I just can't believe you!" Like she's like, "I don't even care that you've married. I just can't believe that you lied to me." And Val, I mean. Like, real credit to her. Like, she doesn't know the history there, but she's like, well, like, people keep secrets for lots of really good reasons. Like, do you not have any secrets? Like, have you, like, literally there's nothing in your past that you wouldn't want somebody to know instantly about you? And that was the first moment that Trixie was, you know, sitting there and just thinking, like, you could tell, like, on her face, you know, like, yeah, I guess actually, you know, like, it just... It was it was a real moment where you could tell it finally clicked. And I just thought, come on, Trixie, yeah. Like, it shouldn't have taken that much to get that reaction out of you. Like, she, she was a bit delayed on that one it was it was just kind of hypocritical i felt like the way she was judging oh, him. very much yeah and I, and I just thought there's something big in your past and like you've been actively trying to avoid talking to him about it for multiple dates now like multiple multiple dates because we've seen her talk about oh i'm on call i can't have a drink oh i you know da, 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 i can't have a drink whatever like that and you didn't say anything to him you know so come on like you can't you know the whole like oh i'm only mad because he lied to me it's like well okay I guess, but... But the comedy genius of the writers again. Firstly, I mentioned earlier Barbara doing her hair and telling her not to go near any naked flames, but also when she has to rearrange the date earlier on in the episode, when she says she didn't spend five shillings on setting lotion and two hours in rollers to spend the evening missing with nuns. <laughs> well, I also love... When, 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 so just to finish this story, she invited him round basically to be like, do you know what, actually, she went and told him or whatever. But also, she was stood on the front of Nanata's house and mm-hmm. he was all like, he was really understanding about her whole situation. He was like amazing about it. But then he was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to have a kiss. And she was like, this is not the time or the place. 
you may write our initials with a sparkler later on. I was like, oh, God, you nice letting him do that. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought that was crazy, too. The other one that made me laugh was when Barbara, when Barbara's like spraying her hair to high heaven, and then she walks out and Tom's like, what's going on there? And Barbara's like, best not to say. And I just thought, <laughs> and I just really love that because I was just like, yeah, Tom, you don't, you don't need to know any of this. Like, it's not going to help anybody. Like, just stay out of it. Barbara Barbara knows Tom's capacity. He doesn't need it. Yeah, exactly. And he's just like, no, don't bother. Like, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to waste my breath explaining it. Like, you're, you're fine. Just don't worry about it. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I won't actually worry about it. And it's like, okay, good. (laughs) Now, shall we talk about Susan Bullock's? Yes. Yes. The start of this episode. So last week's episode was really heavy for me, like from health Mm -hmm. perspective and everything like that. So this week I was like, oh, you know, at least it won't be as heavy. No, straight into Susan Bullock's and the whole thalidomide scandal, the whole heartbreaking storyline of Susan Bullock. I will tell you girls, I I cry a lot and everybody knows that, but this storyline had me had me really going well, like this this storyline really gets me, me wanting really to go to Dock going. Road Nursery a fictional nursery to go and picket it in 1960 I was so angry with them for not accepting Susan for oh name my down. god oh my god that, and the, can I mm. can I just have you seen in the news this week that Australia have just made a national apology to the survivors of thalidomide have they? no I didn't see that yeah they they spoke about it in their parliament this week <laughs> Oh. Like why now? What what motivated that? So we call the midwife for doing this episode this yeah. week. They were like, yeah, really? "Oh, it's on brand. We need to." <laughs> yeah. So and I it t- it was actually really interesting because the storyline touches on it because uh, what we're going to get onto is that Rhoda meets other families that have also been affected by thalidomide, and this is the first time she's had an opportunity to kind of understand how many children were affected, and a lot of the other families kind of know more information than she does, yeah. and that that's mm-hmm. how she finds out. But I think the reason why Australia have just obviously taken that step to make a national apology. So off the back of a report that was published in 2019, they found that 20 percent of cases could have been avoided if the leaders had acted sooner Mm. so that's that's obviously where the apologies come from because and that is touched upon in the episode as well isn't it where they kind of say if only because they talk about when Rhoda's talking to the other mother who's affected who I didn't I don't think I took a note of her name I didn't either oh oh yeah I want to say it was like no I'm just gonna guess I was just gonna say I want to say it's like Doris but that's that's not coming from any any intelligent place no, she doesn't she, look like a Doris no yeah. she, looked, she looked like she was more posh name you know like Geraldine or something you mm. know what I mean like a more like upper upper crust she had a fancy quality to her yeah and she talks to Rhoda about how how it was identified that there was this issue with the drug and they both mm-hmm. say about but their child wasn't born until so many years later and and obviously if people knew about it before they actually banned the drug oh yeah mm-hmm. exactly well my mom told me actually a very interesting fact today um when we watched the episode she said did you know that in Germany they never allowed the drug to be sold and used on German mothers and they wouldn't they wouldn't approve it for use in Germany but then they exported it and I now that's a that's a fact coming from my mom so I'll just say I haven't fact checked that but (laughs) usually 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 I trust her because she's you know she kind of knows what she's talking about but I was like oh my god that's terrible but even if that even if that fact isn't true the 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 real truth is that they definitely did know it was harmful and they didn't do anything for a long time about it and that absolutely sends me every single time yes exactly Mm -hmm. like thousands of children were affected because of this absolute like criminal negligence so, so to the actual mullocks in this episode basically a lot of it was to do with the, the family struggling and Rhoda struggling against the family 
for well not just the Bernie Bernie because also there was Perry feeding Susan there was Perry and Belinda being angry with her when they sent when she had taken her to the hospital to try and get some help you oh know. see we, I missed that part we didn't have a lot of Perry and Susan in, in my episode it wasn't a big Sorry. thing they were like you know she's our family too you just left let her go was she crying was she crying when you left her and you know poor Rhoda my god is she absolutely fighting against everyone and everything for a daughter she's she under the gun thing. yeah yeah mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was very much an uh, episode. And I think it was like a fact-finding mission for Rhoda as well, this episode, because obviously she was learning loads more. And then she was meeting that family, the, that lady that you spoke about and invited to the meetings yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Did, you, did you notice who the nurse was, by the way, at the hospital? No. No. I mean, I did, but who was it? Jen will know it more. So, so sorry, Rhoda keeps talking about we've got to grab every chance we get and then they get this chance to take her to a residential for a week where they can fit her for artificial limbs and just do more things as well to find out what else they can do to help her so she's yeah. like we've got to grab every chance we get Bernie and he's like we don't we need to just bring her a house to keep her home with us anyway yeah, she takes her anyway go Rhoda so anyway yeah. uh-huh. um, he's like yeah we don't even need to send her to school she's like what like you could see her brain like what are you thinking oh it was it was sending me to the moon honestly yeah. I just was so pissed anyway, off at Bernie the nurse was Simon's mum from the in-betweeners <gasps> Oh my god, that's hilarious. I didn't I wasn't gonna be able to put that together, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh my god. I yeah. love the in-betweeners. Oh, hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Bernie. I mean, Bernie struggled in this episode. Oh. And none of in that situation. So I don't think we can judge. But what did annoy me was when he said, We'll manage Rhoda. And I was just like, that's so classic because yeah, you'll manage. Because as usual, it's all the women who put in the hard work so that you mm-hmm. think it, you think well, it's she, a doddle. Yeah. Well, she says to him, like, when you say we'll manage ours. That means me. That means me going down on my knees, getting her ready. That means me teaching her to walk. That means me doing that. You do most of your managing down the black sail. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm the one that's going to like... Yeah. Not just in this situation as well, with obviously dealing dealing with a, a disabled child, but I was just like in life, that's so true that they just think it's easy because they're not don't actually see all the hard work that goes in behind the scenes. Exactly. Yeah. But also Mr. Mullock saying Bernie saying to her about you should you should have thought about that before taking them bloody pills like she knew. Oh yeah, that's tough. Oh, but then it's such a disgusting. Oh, it is awful. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely awful. Like when he walked out and stuff. I, I think I was harsher last episode when we spoke about it. And then we had that message from, from the listeners, you remember? Yeah. And that did make me see things more from the perspective as well. Because it isn't just as easy as you think when, you, when you're when when you you in a situation. It's completely different to us watching it now. Not affected yeah. by it at all. I guess, I guess what I struggle with with Bernie, though, is that the thing is, is that like when, when Rhoda was talking to the mom, you know, the, the blonde mom of Christopher that, you know, kind of made friends with her and everything like that. But I think, can I just say that was a gorgeous, gorgeous scene with the coffee scene, by the way, which oh. was like, I'm proud it isn't, every day I'm proud it isn't gin. I just thought, yes, that was a yeah. gorgeous scene. Yeah. Rose is a brilliant really actress as well. Yeah. Oh, she's she's wonderful. And and when the mom said that, I just thought that to me, like I thought about that listener's comments that wrote in and it kind of said that and like it is really hard and like the struggle is really real and you kind of don't know, you know, everything about it until you're kind of, you know, like neck deep in it and stuff. I guess I guess for me, like that exchange between those two women felt a lot more sympathetic in terms of them talking about the hardship of it because it it I felt like they're the ones who were really on the front lines oh, you know and they're the 100%. ones who like are are dealing with both like the guilt the challenge the you know like the wishing that it wasn't so hard but also loving their child so much and like the complexities of it and everything I think what just frustrates me with Bernie is that I just feel like I don't know if I don't I don't know I just the the, the part where he ran out of the room when they were talking about the prosthetics and they had the they had the little boy on those short legs 
that had kind of the rocker feet and everything. Like, and then Dr. Turner followed after him and he, and basically Bernie was just like, oh, like, what about, you know, like the shame, you know, like, I'm, it's just like, how can you look at those, look at that, look at that little boy. Like, it's just so terrible. Not terrible, like, I feel bad that he's in the situation because it's a really severe disability, but like, it's just terrible because it's like, he. It, I don't know if he used the word disgust, but that is what I, I personally felt that he was kind of implying there. And Dr. Turner was like, what are you, you know, like, he just kind of was like, I, oh, you know, I mean, he was trying to understand Bernie, but I just, I, you know, he, and the way Bernie said it was like, I feel this way. So I can only imagine how other people feel. And I get that that may be a very real part of it. I, you know, I will say, I, I, want, he I, did really, I really acting, want to be he, he did it, that, like, but... it was very visceral, his acting there. He did do it well. Yeah, and no, then... the acting was great. I don't have any yeah. criticism of it. I just, I just struggle with Bernie because the thing is, like, I have, I have very strong feelings about, you know, kind of these type of situations. You know, I think I've said before, and we've talked about this like I had a father with really severe you know like physical disabilities and everything and he often had to have like assistive devices for walking and doing stuff and like we were always with him and my feeling I mean I just get I feel very instantly kind of you know a certain type of way about it because I don't I don't like people or the, even the intimation that someone's like looking down on a person with disabilities I don't like the feeling that they that a person with disability should be made to feel bad about themselves or like ashamed of themselves because they have a disability and I don't yeah, like the idea that house. someone yeah and that you know like oh they should just be hidden away and like we'll love them and that's enough but like they don't get to be like real people who are actually like living and doing anything and like you know and Bernie was like oh my Susan doesn't miss a trick she's the cleverest little girl you'll ever meet it's like well yeah and you just want to like literally lock her in her room for like exactly. the rest well, of her life it. like Rose how dare it. you are to love her to love her we've got to fight for it and she couldn't have been more bang on yeah exactly and I'm like why don't you like stop like crying into your beer and actually do something helpful for this child like your wife is doing you know what I mean like and Rhoda I must, like, I must say that legendary. In, I must say in Bernie's defense because when they're at the support group there's one mother who talks about her child and she says that her husband has never even seen their child because the child is living in a facility what what's yeah the, the, the child the child is in a like a care home i kind of thought yeah. Was. yeah and she says that her husband's never even seen the child whereas actually bernie is there for susan and oh, he's involved. yes yes i i will i will give bernie that credit yes he does and he that meeting was really really upsetting but can we just talk really quickly about the meeting beforehand where Rhoda and Mr Mullets kind of came back together again she had to go into the black sale to speak to him (laughs) yeah annoyed me after she'd already brought it and I love and I love how he was like oh it's only a half of something and she's like I don't even care like can you just please like she's like I don't mind but the thing that really annoyed me was she was saying oh yeah nobody in our family ever apologizes again nobody okay and I thought hang on mate he really needs to (laughs) apologize to you he really insulted you telling you that you shouldn't have said that if he says that again he's apologizing i'm sorry yeah yeah definitely definitely like he only gets like so many chances before it's like you know what you better come correct or like not at all you know also i'll tell you what else i really loved you know the, the posh mom she yeah. Yeah. I loved her use of the word unabashed when she said about her son was quite unabashed about the fact that he doesn't have arms he's oh, you know he's coming out of back. i loved her yeah. and the fact that she was like we don't have a phone when she was like we should keep touch she's like we can write like she was just totally that was that was not the, oh. the communication was not stopping and Rhoda was so buoyed by this because this is finally support for her when she's just yeah. been on her own doing it yeah and well thought, oh. that that mom I felt like now I know I know Rhoda loves Bernie but I'm like that's the person that Rhoda needs to like lift her up in the day to day I mean Bernie's percent. Bernie's not Bernie's not gonna do it Bernie's like basically her fourth child I mean he's he's a great dad and whatever but like he's not 
he's not going to be helpful that way. Like you have to drag him into every emotional developmental exploration she, he's ever gone into. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like he's he's a Neanderthal. So anyway, sorry, I'm always hard on Bernie, and I apologize if I'm too hard on. I get him, it. But... it. Yeah, but that's a protective element. Like since that email, it has honestly made me. It has made me look at it in a different way. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and and I and listen. I mean, like the thing we always have to remember with the show, and I know we talk about it a lot. Is the the purpose of the show is to help understand kind of how things were as well as, yeah. as anything else. Like it, it it is on some level like a dramatic history lesson, and I know that that's really how people used to feel, and I know I'm sure it's how people still feel about certain things. And like you know, I I know that I know that's true because I know you know about my dad's experiences. Like he talked to me about them, and like you know, in his younger years and everything, it was you know people would say and do stuff that was very very different than how they would do it now. One would hope anyway. So I I am I am sympathetic to that. I don't want to seem like I'm not, but it's just I hard to hear. Also, you know? I think also nowadays there's a like the technological advances it's not so life limiting yeah mm-hmm. now before we go to three heroes and zeros can we talk about how fit caroline gillespie must be for who's, timothy who's to be doing all that bassooning <laughs> to sit next to her oh i missed it who's caroline caroline gillespie is basically oh, a girl be a he, oh he gets to sit next it to a girl a called caroline scene. gillespie because he's playing this bassoon and honestly the scene <laughs> where dr turner and sheila are laughing because he is absolutely terrible at it, just made me absolutely perform. <laughs> and it reminded me, Caroline. Yeah, he wants to sit next to it. But my friend uh, told me, so I, I went out this with my netball team. I've not seen them for a while. I went out with them on Friday night, and because uh, obviously I've not been playing netball. And one of them was saying that her son has got a violin from school, and he's got to do jingle bells for this concert. And she just said <laughs> the worst. <laughs> The worst thing in the world. So shout out to you for listening. Just made me absolutely oh, laugh. Oh bless. Oh, it's so oh man. You know what that reminds me of? That that um the storyline in Love Actually where the little boy has to learn drums because he wants to play in the in the band with the girl who's gonna sing All I Want for Christmas yeah. is you, you know, and he's That's like literally he's my like life practicing. that I'm living right now, Jen. My six year old's doing drums, <laughs> isn't she? That's but... right. It's for her rock band. Yeah. When my niece got to year five, they all they all take trumpet lessons all year. They get a school trumpet. Right, should oh. we say the name of the school so people could avoid it? <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll know. We don't need to say. Everyone will know in the vicinity. They'll stay away on their own. <laughs> oh, man. My daughter's practicing oh. at the moment. So you two know this, but there's a concert going on at my daughter's music school that she goes mm-hmm. to. And um, they're doing like a concert, like a like an open mic thing. And each kids been given a song but we didn't know that so my husband got really excited and wanted to play a song with her so they went on to like write to the person and be like can they do this weird song that he's chosen that's like from like this weird rock band and they were like yeah of course they can and now he's going to be the only non-pupil on stage <laughs> <laughs> oh well wait can he just can he have you just like your your daughter sing it by herself instead or is it like a duet no no she's drumming he's guitaring oh so it's an instrumental instrumental yeah yeah, I've not sent you oh the video. I'll send you the video. Oh, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend, send us the video. My friend is a teacher and a primary school teacher, and they had a talent show, and somebody did, is it 50 Cent Candy Shop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she oh said God. it was so inappropriate. Oh, Lord. I'm, ooh, How did that get through? How did they allow those kids to yeah, do that? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, she said it was awful to listen to. <laughs> oh, no. 
fair, they're all awful to listen to anyway. In the vein of like children's musical performances. So we've just moved to a town where like a lot of my family are. And this Friday upcoming, we're going to a choral concert. And one of the one of the performers is my cousin. He's a little he's a little boy. He's 11 years old. But apparently like it's a whole school thing. And like he's in a choir and then there's like other I don't I don't totally exactly know what we've signed ourselves up for here. But like everyone's going to go and like we're very excited to go. I hope it's not a home alone but- situation happening from it. <laughs> no 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 I don't think so but anyways I'm very curious it's supposed to be really good but that's I'm imagining I'm imagining in a very stereotypical American way it's gonna be like pitch perfect yes exactly that is what it probably will be just littler kids basically yep yep I think it's nice. gonna be cute should we hear her in zero yes who's <clears> going first I've not given this any thought I'll go first my hero oh sorry <laughs> one my hero is barbara oh barbara <laughs> have i have i stolen yours she was like i'll go and you're like my hero is barbara hang on you always steal mine but you've taken <laughs> it now go for it you've taken it now she was just so supportive of nurse crane and i feel like she was the only person even tom his profession being given pastoral care she was the only one who's truly supportive of nurse crane okay negative mm-hmm. sister winifred because Sister Winifred, I don't know what it is, but I've just not warmed to her. And she's very enthusiastic, but I'm just, sometimes enthusiasm just isn't enough. Yeah. And she wanted to drive. And I can understand why she's avoiding Nurse Crane because it's a very fraught situation and she wants to avoid it. So she just wants to do the theory. But she put herself in that situation and volunteered for it and forced herself upon Nurse Crane and her motor vehicle. So Nurse Sister Winifred is my zero in a very judgmental way. <laughs> my hero is Sister Monica Joan being so oh, supportive. Oh, good one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in such an amazing way of being supportive as well. Like, just exactly the right. It, I swear, she's sometimes cantankerous and you can tell sometimes she's been a bit spoiled in life and doesn't really understand. But when it comes to situations like this, she's bang on. So, yeah. SMJ. My mm-hmm. zero is going to be Peter Noakes. Yes. <laughs> I don't think we need to yep. explain, you know, just missing yeah. that yet again. Yeah. This this is a throwback to all of Peter's policing situations where he completely reads the situation wrong. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even if, um, like, there was a scene, even if, like, he'd seen the accident, he'd still read it wrong. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's just no, he yeah. just always goes to the wrong conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Or he'd reference some, like, truly arcane law, and it's like, well, that's all I can do, and you're just like, oh, it's so unhelpful. Okay, I'll do, I'll, I like to do my zero first and my hero to end on a high note. My zero is, <laughs> Tom, just, what's the point of you, Tom, sometimes, you know, <laughs> truly? <laughs> like, just, I mean, his help is just, I mean, he tried, he really did try and everything, but I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, Tom, you're really just a net neutral on this one like you're not you're not hurting but you're really not helping in a significant way so you know he needs to try harder and then my hero is Rhoda Mullix I Uh, I I love her I love her character I just think she is such a champion for her family I think she is a champion for her daughter in one of the most best ways and her strength and resolve and everything just I, I just think she's I just think she's a truly heroic woman and I'll give and I want to give an honorable mention to I don't know Geraldine or whatever her name is the lady that none of us can remember her name but the friend <laughs> that, that Rhoda <laughs> makes I'm gonna say Elizabeth <laughs> yeah. she, she seems like an Elizabeth sure sure well, whatever her name is I, it doesn't matter what her name is but just want to give her an honorable mention because I just think you must have introduced herself one of our listeners will 
message and be like, Yeah, message us, let us know. Yeah, she'll be like, Oh, none of us can be bothered going back and actually doing any research. So, no, no, I can't at all. We could have researched a podcast, but we did. I literally could have, I literally could have just looked on the credits on Netflix, but I didn't even do that much. But anyway, but she's just so great. And I just feel like the bonding that they had together is, is just so awesome. And like, it's just another interaction between women and female friendships that just shows how awesome it is you know like women women are just so great and women banding together i don't know man i i just loved it i love seeing it you know so anyway yeah rhoda and whatever her name is that lady like love them speaking about women together i have got a few messages We've had a message from Joanne on Facebook saying she can't wait to hear about your thoughts on this episode. It was a really thought-provoking one. I listened on my daily walks and enjoy the discussion. Why, thank you. Walking Ooh. seems to be a theme with our listeners at the moment because we also had a yeah. comment that said, hang on today, yay, I'll be listening as I walk my dogs. So what can I say? We're good company. We've we've heard a bunch of people say they, they listen while they walk their dogs. Yeah. So, yeah. Get more dogs, people. Yeah. Get more listeners, get more dogs. Now, we've also yeah. had... A really long email that I will fast forward to you too, um, so you can actually read it as well. But I don't want to out it too much because I don't really know what she wants to say and what she doesn't. So it's from Cassandra. It's all the way from Australia. So thank you for oh. messaging us, Cassandra. It's an amazing email. And it basically goes into why she likes Paul the Midwife and into a history. So she's from a massive family. She became an auntie yeah. at a really young age. So she's really interested in babies because of that perspective. But she also talks about the fact that she's actually was studying to be a nurse and was about to be a midwife. But then she injured her back. So she's had a lot, for the last however many years, she's had a really long time having surgery and stuff. So she's watched a lot of TV. So she also watches a lot of Call the Midwife and she loves British shows. Basically, every every show on here, Jen, I know you love loads. So <gasps> I'll send you this message anyway. But yeah, so she's talking about the fact that her mum was also born around the same time as Jenny Lee. So it's it's very, you know, it's, it's quite a big thing for her, you know. To oh. see. I don't really want to talk about too much of it because I don't want to answer too much about too much information. But I will say what I, what I want to talk about here is she says, as you discuss in the podcast, the show is so beautifully written and cast and costumed and filmed. This is just so perfect. I cannot get enough. I love to hear you girls laugh and disagree and react. Well, that happens quite a lot. <laughs> well, then you're going to love the rest of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well also let me say it. I've got my hero my hero um, <laughs> it's lovely to hear such friendship you know each other so well it makes me laugh when Alex gets grossed out by things where I would love to be the midwife in the situation I'm like yeah <laughs> that's last week's and this week's I yeah, love exactly. the quiz and I'm often shouting answers in my head and the segments you do about the differences between the UK and the US I'm surprised you haven't discussed the differences in giving birth in the different countries if watching one born every minute UK and US is anything to go by the differences seem fairly large there is also the Irish show The Rotunda and Yorkshire Midwives on call which are wonderful too she also says that Paul the Midwife has a huge following in Australia too and if you ever need a stand in for an episode count her in <laughs> um, but oh! she's like Keep up the good work. I so appreciate all three of you for brightening my days. Well, Cassandra, Cass, we appreciate you for brightening our day. And I'll tell you yes. the reason why we haven't spoken about the difference between US and UK. We don't know. <laughs> we need to do actual research on that, but that is something we can do. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe we, maybe we should like do a little like compare comparison thing because I mean I I have not given birth in the U.S. but I know enough about it that I think I could speak to it a bit and I'd be curious to hear what you guys have to say about you know and in the U.K. I mean I know there's some big differences I can I already know that well, so financially yeah and financially and just yeah the way care is managed and everything is so different I mean yeah not that it's I I mean I think there's good care in the U.S. I think there's good care in the U.K. too but just yeah the style is for sure different yeah 
I will say I loved I loved Trixie said Miss Antoine because she said oh I really want to go see Lenny in the hospital and everything she's like you haven't even given birth like 24 hours ago like we need your blood pressure to settle down and I just thought oh my gosh one thing about the U.S. like they will send you home like if Carrie Antoine had had her baby in a U.S. hospital and she was healthy and everything like that they would have sent her home like 24 hours later no question yeah but in those days like, if you remember they did used to keep people in for loads oh yeah them. Yeah. Yeah. They kept, they kept, they kept people way longer, yeah. you know? So that's one but thing yeah. that's definitely changed for sure. But yeah. Oh, I love that message. Love that email. Cassandra. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who takes the time to write and like shares all that, I just think it's so special. It is. It is. Yeah. And it's mad that someone in Australia is listening to us. I know. I, think I know. We have a good I'm... amount of Australian listeners. I wonder if anyone from Neighbours is. Oh my God. Can you imagine if someone from Neighbours messaged me? Well, you would, you would absolutely lose your mind if someone from Neighbours <laughs> sent in a message. You would be like, <gasps> I would die. Faint on the floor, like never yeah. to return. Yeah. But to mm. be fair, that'd be the end of the podcast. And it'd be a bit of a shame. <laughs> I know because Bex and I don't know how to do anything besides just like no, we just live. Oh my god, that's actually true. Like if I, yeah, I'd just be gone. Really I'm terrible. Like... I'm terrible at social media. Like I just, I can't do it. Well, also you'd I have know, to we'll... edit the podcast and record it. Yeah, yeah we wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we would record it and then we wouldn't know what it is, and it would go nowhere. So yeah, listeners, like always, wish uh, good health and happiness on Alex so that she keeps doing the technology work for us. Basically, if we disappear, it's because I've died. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They won't be able to tell you. They've not got to log in. No. Just, just look like, for the comments on a post because we won't know how to do an actual post. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like those things where it's like, if you're watching this, I'm already gone. <laughs> it's like, if you're not seeing any posts on Instagram, I'm already gone. <laughs> oh, right, on that note, we yeah, next that, week we, we are recording, that we are watching series six, episode eight. So oh, and it's the big one that. next week. Oh, so wait, next week. Oh, I'm gonna be mm. parents for the third time. Oh my goodness! Wait, so it's so we have one more of the regular season, which is episode eight, and then the Christmas special. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Exciting. Wow. Exciting. And also, our Christmas special episode will air around Christmas. Yeah. 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 And then we just have to figure out when our listener special is going to air because that. And I was cool. thinking, I again. I don't do social media, so I don't know how this is going to work. But when we're what, and also Jen, you won't be able to do this, sorry, because you're in America. <laughs> but I was thinking that when me and Alex watch the Christmas Day special, we could do some like live tweeting or something. Yeah, we could do that. Ooh, I do live tweeting. That. Live tweeting is just tweeting. Like when you tweet, that is a live tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the live tweeting means that you're live tweeting while the show is actually on. No, I know. Live. I know that's what that's she means. What she but that's exactly what you do when you tweet. Like it's just live. <laughs> tweet it. We'll just tweet while it's on. Anyway, that, the that live will... tweet in the wrong direction. Like not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that. I mean, that's going to require Alex to explain some stuff to me, but it's a possibility. Or what's going to happen is you're going to be on WhatsApp to me just telling me what you want me to put into it. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Oh, man. This is the behind the scenes, ladies and gents. Yeah, so, and then and then, and then then in three months when I get to watch it, I'll be able to live tweet it at that point. So that'll be really exciting for everyone too. Exactly. I can add my little like Bond knots like about, you know, 47 days after. No, more than that. 97 days after. Anyway. So next week, Series 6, Episode (laughs) 8. Watch it and listen along with us. That would be fantastic. And send us all your comments. We're on Threads, Facebook, Twitter, which is now X, 
Instagram. You can email us. YouTube. Yeah, we're on YouTube. You can follow us on there. It's no videos of us. I say sadly, it's not sadly. If anything, it's a gift. No. It's to your you don't You don't want to see. We've given you a gift there, like a, yeah. a perennial gift every week. So that you know, I mean, girls, look at, look at the state of me. Look, I look like a oh. legal... Look at the, look how white I am. I'm well, I mean, I I this is not a presentable image <laughs> that I'm giving anyone right now. So, and I'm and I have to go to the grocery store after this. So, whew, well, I'm going to get bed scandalized. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. um, night, ladies. I don't know why I'm saying night, right. ladies. I'm totally serious. <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> I'm gonna keep you right. next week. Bye bye. Yes. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> ciao ciao. Ciao. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.